Welcome to Semi Adult, a podcast all about attempting to navigate adulthood with your hosts, V and Annie. What's up, you guys? How are you? Welcome back to our pod. So, as always, we're going to start with our check in. So, V, how you doing, girl? Hey, girlfriends. So, first of all, I'm better now that I'm with you. Period. <laughs> <laughs> always the highlight of my week i honestly love that we started doing these podcasts because it allows me to just have time in my week that i hang out with you like guaranteed which is necessary you need time with your people you know even if it's virtual it's everything it gives you life it does it like revives you a little zhuzh in the middle of the week um my week has been stressful tomorrow i have like a super busy day and girly is not looking forward to it like at all but you know we must persevere this is gonna be my first weekend with no plans in like three to four weeks so oh my god I'm, mine too i'm ready gonna relax i'm so ready for that so aggressively relax how have you been <laughs> i'm good i finished my first month at my new job which was great, but I'm exhausted. Um, and I'm just like living my best life, honestly. <laughs> Life's been good, been treating me good. Um, all, this past weekend, I got to babysit my first niece. So for those of you who might be confused, yes, Vivi is technically my only sister, but I got other sisters from other misters, if you know what I mean. And I <laughs> am an auntie now, and I'm the proudest auntie. And, like, I'm living my best Titi life. I got to spend time with the baby on Saturday. And when I tell you that, like, energy, just energy. I love babies. They smell so good. I can't handle it. And I love babies with return policies especially. Those are the best type of babies. Like, you're so cute. But once you start screaming, you're not mine anymore, period. You can scream at everything with me. But I get to sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to your parents because I'm going to sleep through this night. That is honestly, like, the scariest part of adulthood to me, at least parenthood, <laughs> is, like, excuse me, parenthood is a ghetto-hood. It is ghetto. Ghetto. That is what I have <laughs> learned through my peers who are parents, and I am not ready for that. No, I'm too bougie for that. It's a lot of work, and it's one of those things that once you turn the switch on, you don't get to turn it back off. You really just have to keep going um i love kids i would love to have my own kids i just don't want my kids right now i need them to give me a couple of years while i you know get my show situated um but in the meantime i get to enjoy other people's kids and it's awesome because then i give them back at the end of the day and i'm like and to my bed i go <laughs> <laughs> i love that i'm definitely jealous of you i wish i could hang out with that baby she's so cute so oh, very jealous <laughs> but with that, we're going to roll into our topic of the day. So today we are talking about dealing with horrible bosses. Maybe you've had some, maybe you know some, maybe you are one. Let's talk about it. So yeah, want to get us started? Of course. So before we can figure out what a horrible boss is, we got to know what's the difference. Like what makes a good boss and what makes a bad boss and kind of about like our experiences with that so also 
not just experience like the difference between them, but the difference, most importantly, the difference on your life, because that's where that difference really like, ooh, having a good boss versus having a bad boss. Oh, they can make or break your work so much. The way you feel, the kind of workload you have, everything. Also, you take that home with you at the end of the day. It affects you in every part of your life, even when you walk out. Absolutely. So what makes a good boss? To me, a good boss is someone who sees you as an actual human being and not that just a will cog stem, in the machine. Oh, absolutely. And that will stem into so much. If you start to notice that they like to talk about how replaceable you are and how, you know, you're like a number, like if they all they care about for you is numbers and no one ever asks you how you feel about your life. That's kind of one of the first red flags that you are to them just like a cog in the machine that keeps the whole thing running. The cog in the money machine. You're not really a human being with a life outside of work and things that may be more important to you. Like, I don't know, your family, your own health health and well-being. So to me, that's a red flag. What's a red flag for you, Ani? boundaries for me a boss that has boundaries is a very good boss and boundaries can be defined in many different ways but I guess the simplest boundary to start with is the boundary of your time and when you're on the clock and when you're off the clock because I'm sorry if you're not getting paid for it you shouldn't be doing it and I might sound like a total asshole saying that but I speak from experience <laughs> and it People, doesn't make you an asshole that just makes you realistic because they see you that yeah. way on the other side so to self-preserve it's just simply self-preservation to see them also as like at the end of the day your job is a way for you to make money it's you put in and you get that money like you put in the work you get the money so Nobody's if going you are not getting that money working yeah like <laughs> why are you putting in that work honey like you are and you know Unpaid internships are the whole other story, but honestly, mm-hmm. that should be, be illegal. illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, absolutely not. That I cannot believe that that is still a thing in the year of 2021. It's that indentured is servitude. It is. That's really what it is. It is unpaid internships are indentured servitude. And right? you can quote that us on, on that. Flat. You can quote <laughs> us on that. And they should be abolished. Frankly, they are something that is only people of privilege can really afford to do. Or you can be like me and be a little bit crazy and do an unpaid internship while you also work another job or two jobs so you can actually afford to do an unpaid internship, which I would definitely not recommend just to no. keep that Zero stated out of 10. fact. <laughs> Zero out of 10 would not recommend. And another thing that I think is important for having a good boss is someone who actually wants to help you grow. They're not just seeing you as the one role that you're in. They're trying to create a path for growth for you within the company, even outside of the company. The best type of boss wants to help you grow no matter where that is. They will offer you opportunities. They will see opportunities within the company of like, oh, hey, here's something that will help you learn about you know, this new skill that can be helpful for you in your career. They are always looking for opportunities for you, whatever that may be. And so that to me is such, such a a green flag instead of a red flag. 
Yes, but also with that, for it to stay a green flag and not a red flag, you also have to keep in mind that actions speak louder than words. You have to be careful for the bosses that are out there just filling your ear with what you want to hear, but they're not actually backing any of that with physical action, which is something that I find to be the case in a lot of places. Sometimes you'll go to a place that has a questionable turnover rate, and while you're there, you're like, hmm, at the beginning, like, I can't figure out why people are leaving because, you know, my bosses are saying X, Y, Z, and I asked them for X, Y, Z, and I want this, and they're helping me do this. But as time goes on, if you see that your things are getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, or just, like, sometimes it really helps to just, like, step out of the situation. Have a third, what is it, third, third person point of view? Yeah. Oh, third yeah, person third point person of view person. on the situation. Take yourself out of it and see what's really going on? Is it really working for you? Because some bosses have figured out that they're horrible bosses. Like they figured this shit out already. They're under no illusion. So now what they do is that they're like, you know what we're going to do? A facade. We're going to fake it till we make it. And they will say anything to keep you happy, to just keep you there, to just keep producing. And that, it sucks. It sucks when you have to take a step back and be like, wow, I can't actually believe what this person is saying to me because... I am, like Vivi was saying, just a number. I'm just a number to them. And as long as I keep pumping in the right numbers, it's fine. But your personal goals are still stuck here. They're just giving you false information that you can uh, move forward when you can't. So that to me Those is, are low-key the scariest type of bosses. Those are the shadiest flags. Because you stay – it's so easy to stay stuck there because mm-hmm. they put up the facade of, like, green flags – but there's nothing behind their words. They're and not noticed, actually creating opportunities for you. They're just saying that they will. But you know what those people do? What they do dangle in front of you? Instead of, you know, like threatening you with the fact that you're a number or this or that. What they'll do is they will stress the comfort of where you're at. And they really will like, if you let that get to you, that's going to be it for you. You're not going to go anywhere. And sometimes the best things that can happen to you happen when you step out of your comfort zone. You make yourself uncomfortable and you try something new. Um, at least for me, that's always been the case. Same for me. Every time I was scared to make a jump and to go into a different job, a different field, it has always, always paid off. Like, listen to your gut. And when you're scared of something, oftentimes that's the best like direction to go towards especially if you're scared of it because it's a change if you're just scared because it's going to challenge you and you think that you know I don't know if I'm ready for this that means you're ready for this you are just scared you know and that's okay it's a totally natural to be scared and to be a bit apprehensive like "Mm, am I going to be able to do this new thing you can Especially if you are offered that job, you're offered that job because you are capable of doing it. These people believe in you and you should believe in yourself too because it means that you're ready for this jump. And so every single time I doubted it, I went, I just said, fuck it. And I jumped towards that change and it has always been for the better. So I hope that that helps someone out there to make that necessary change because nothing's going to change if you don't. If you stay in that job that is sucking your soul out, nothing is going to change. You have to look for, you know, open yourself up to the possibility of leaving, look into new things. And sometimes things will find you when you just find yourself ready to change. Because that's what happened to me. I wasn't looking for anything and they found me. And that was the best change that I made. I'm so happy in my current job now. 
I really believe in being ready for the opportunities that can arise in life. Instead of just hoping and wishing or this and that, I think being ready for the opportunities and like Vivi said, embracing them with open arms instead of questioning them or being afraid or, you know, giving yourself all the what ifs about it, that really will just propel you forward in life. Oh, 1000%. And something that is so important in these new positions that you're in is someone who will mentor you. Having a mentor is so important in any field. And I feel like it's pretty underrated. Like not a lot of people, at least in our generation, seek mentors. And sometimes you don't even have to look for them. Sometimes they find you like your boss should be a mentor for you because they are supposed to to be the person who is guiding you in your position and in your, you know, in the business that you're in. And that is a good boss to me. That is the best type of boss. It is going above and beyond what their role is because their role for the most part is to just make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But the best type are there to be a mentor, not just for the specific role that you're doing, but for your career. They'll answer questions about the field in general. They'll be happy that, you, that you're that you curious and want to know more. And those are very rare, but those are the gems that are going to get you so far. And those are the people that you should hold on to. Your mentor, just because you left a position, it doesn't mean that you have to leave that mentorship behind or that person behind or that relationship behind. A good boss, a good person is going to stick with you no matter what. And if they are genuinely happy to see you move on and grow, they will continue to communicate with you past that and, you know, check in on you, see how you're doing, offer you guidance and things of that nature. And that goes kind of back into what we were saying, like, be careful what people say versus what they do. And a lot of that also comes to light when you leave a position. Sometimes you think everything is fine and dandy and rainbow and butterflies and you leave and you see things for what they really are. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that you should keep your eyes open and be able to receive that information because it'll help you grow. It'll help you in the next job that you do and it'll help you in future relationships. Yeah, that's it. It can be pretty rare to find that and even more rare honestly like the absolute cream of the crop is someone that you feel safe asking uncomfortable questions and those can be you know still appropriate work appropriate but things like about money and job security those types of questions especially when there's having like changes in your company and you're wondering is my job safe you know if you want a raise that you feel comfortable stating your case and asking for a raise Those are few and far between, honestly, but those bosses are the best because you're able to move and grow while being able to like have that space. You feel comfortable to to grow and that they are not going to try to stifle you in doing so. And they understand your worth and that when you state a case that makes perfect sense is just facts, that they're able to see that and they don't want to fight you and pinch pennies for you they want to see you get paid your worth and that that right there that phrase to get paid your worth is really the key i have so many friends it happens a lot in our semi-adult phase where we're in this weird in-between like we don't really know how to negotiate for the pay we want we're kind of just applying for jobs because our degree technically means nothing these days and we're just kind of feeling it all out there oh yeah getting paid your worth so I like just had a moment there, but I swear I'm fine. I'm just exhausted. (laughs) But getting paid your worth and having a boss that 
understands what you're worth is invaluable. If you have, to, if you find yourself just like having to really fight and prove why you deserve something, you're in the wrong place. You're definitely in the wrong place. And that happens a lot to us in the semi-adult phase of life because the people ahead of us know where we're at. They've been there. They've done that. And some people honestly just want to take advantage of that and gaslight you and make you feel like you're not going to do better than this. Um, and then there's other people on like our end that just like are asking for things that are unrealistic completely unrealistic far-fetched and just like you're not gonna get it like you have to be reasonable realistic know your strengths know your weaknesses and but if you can write all those things down get them all down and you can present that to someone and justify why you deserve a raise and they won't give it to you walk away walk away they're 100 taking advantage of the phase of life that you're in right now And believe me when I tell you, if they didn't see your worth then, they will definitely be able to quantify it now. Oh, absolutely. When they can only see it when you walk away. Mm. And speaking of horrible bosses, some horror stories of our own. I have had my fair share of horrible bosses. I've also had my fair share of good bosses. I've had a lot of jobs since I was a teenager. And some examples of horrible boss. uh, I had one who had these very scary mood swings and would crazy oh she was crazy (laughs) she would ask me something and like ask me to do something would give me zero expectations for it very vague and so then I would have to kind of assume and come forth with her and it was all just playing like a guessing game back and forth and then she'd like yell at me and be mad that I didn't read her mind but when I'd ask would give no clarifying instructions and even when she did give anything detailed, I'd come back and she'd be like, who would think to do that? And I'm like, you did. You're the one who told me to do this. So Those are your I did words, not, lady. I did not pull this out of my ass. It came from your mouth. And that was just terrifying. And then later, when I finally left this job, which was a soul-sucking job, she refused to pay me. And I had to care in her ass to finally get paid over a year after I'd already left. For the five months that I had worked there, or longer, I don't even remember. I honestly, I like, like blacked out that point of my life. How did she business taxes that year? Like that's what I don't understand. Like she had to somehow quantify you in there. You were on the books. That was some shady, shady shit. I gotta say, and I've had other ones where like I felt afraid of them. Any boss that I felt afraid of because they could just randomly get mad at you. Like if they're in a bad mood, they take that on in you. That is a boss that can totally ruin your day and ruin your time working there because you feel constantly on edge it's a just being in your work environment absolutely and that is just like chaos and horrible and just no and that can ruin a job even at your dream workplace if that's what your boss is like and then on the flip side some amazing bosses that I've had um honestly one of my recent bosses I love her so much even now like we talk she is amazing. She was all about bringing diversity and inclusion into the workplace. And you know, there's only so much that you can do as one step in the ladder, but she made sure that our team was inclusive and diverse and felt safe. She was there for me during the Black Lives Matter time when that was really like all over social media and it was really hard to be a part of social media. I work in social media, so it's hard to get away from it. She was there for me, supporting me emotionally and making checking in on me making sure that I was okay and like able to do my job and that like it's okay if I needed to take a step back 
And that's something that not everyone will do because some people will be like, okay, work needs to be done. Like, I don't care about, you know, they won't really take the time to acknowledge what's happening in the world. Thankfully, the company that I work at now, they also do that. Whenever there's been something happening that's running across socials, any big event, they always make a point to bring it up and make sure that we all feel safe and that we feel comfortable discussing it. And that is really walking the walk, not just talking the talk. That's actually putting the actions behind their words, which is way more important as we were talking about before. And that is something that I really appreciate and is unfortunately pretty rare with bosses. And then what about you, Annie? What are some experiences you've had with good or bad bosses? I have also had several jobs (laughs) throughout my life. I started working when I was like, 16 almost 17 if not already 17 i know i started working a little bit later than some other people i knew in high school mostly because my parents were like don't get a job and my crazy ass was like i want to work the way (laughs) i wish i could take that back but i have no regrets anyways i started off working in like the vet world i've done everything under the sun except for the food industry so I started off working in a situation where I desperately wanted to get my foot in the door. I really wanted to like meet people in this industry and, you know, network with vets and things like that. So I like I wasted no time. I did not want a job like that didn't mean anything. So I immediately went to work in the vet world. And for those of you who don't know, uh, when you want to get your foot in the door in the vet world, you always start in the kennel. And if you don't know what that means, that means you pick up shit. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to lie. For my first job, like I had a really great boss, like Cledia. If you ever see this, I doubt you ever will. You were cool, girl. You were really cool. Um, but as things have progressed and I've gone through other jobs, I've had my fair share of good bosses, bad bosses, questionable bosses. I think the worst boss I ever had by far, like by far, was in Gainesville. And I, fun fact, I went to the University of Florida for a little bit. Uh, I hated it, but I did go. Um, (laughs) But when I was there, um, if you're from Florida, you know, the only vet school in the state of Florida is at UF. Um, So I wanted to go. I wanted to meet people. It's really hard to get into. There's only, I think, like 80 slots for the entire year. And there are thousands and thousands of applicants every year. Um, And for the most part in every state, there's like only one vet school. So it is a very competitive industry to get into. So I wanted to meet people, get my foot in the door, blah, blah, blah. I found this privately owned practice, which in the vet world is super rare. And the lady who owned it was just insane. And I didn't realize it for a while, like the first like few months that I was there. But when it hit, it hit and I was in, okay. And I wanted this. This is an example of a boss that takes advantage of your semi-adult stage and she knows she's been in your shoes she knows what you want she knows what you're trying to do and she knows how to milk that to her advantage so she um had had a practice for a while and I started working with her and I started off as a vet tech she was like my first vet tech job after I was a certified vet assistant in high school and this I think what hurts me the most is the fact that she was also a woman and she literally watched me get insanely sexually harassed day in and day out by the guy who was her office manager or I don't know if he was the office manager or just the manager for the vet techs, but he was above me. So I did have to respond to him and he was just so disgusting. So the things that happened were just so inappropriate and I spoke to her about it woman to woman 
And on top of the fact that what she was paying me was garbage, the work environment was insane. What hurt the most is that I told another woman that I was being sexually harassed in the workplace and not just like comments like this guy was like touching me, saying weird things, being like extra creepy about it. If as a woman, if you know, you know, and she just let that happen and she was just like, deal with it. And I was just like, oh, oh. and uh, and when I finally quit, she tried to make me work extra days through Thanksgiving and I just took my key off the key ring and took my paycheck and was like, bye. Also, if you want to know how she ended up, um, about a week after I quit, she went to jail for writing bad checks. And that's called Cosmic Karma, baby. So there's that. That is definitely, wow. Yeah. But from every horrible boss that I've had, because trust me, I had others after her. I'll probably have a couple more in my lifetime. For every bad boss that I've had, I've had a lot of learning lessons. I've learned a lot about what I will and will not tolerate for myself in the workplace. And I've also learned a lot about the kind of boss that I want to be. Because I do one day want to be somebody's boss and stop answering to people because that shit gets old. And I also, because I've been in this position, I don't want to be the person that is taking advantage of the semi-adults. I want to be the person that understands them and has something to offer them so that they could leave my place, which they eventually will. I feel like that's the point. If people are staying in your business till the day they die, like, I got questions for you and your employer. (laughs) (laughs) What you doing, baby? (laughs) Yeah. But for me, I think the best boss I ever had, hmm. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on the best. I've had some, the bosses that I've had that are good are just really, really good. I will say, though, the best place that I ever worked at was a doctor's office in Gainesville. Um, Can we say the name? Is that a thing? Yeah. Gainesville Family Physician. What's up? Yeah, I was like, you're giving them a compliment. It's fine. (laughs) I don't want to say the names of the bad places, but I'll say the names of the good. That place was awesome. It was the hookup. I worked there when I was in high school. not high school when I was in college after my vet dream died my doctor dream began and I again was like let me get my foot in the door so I started working as a medical office specialist there and that place was so cool I was part-time but I still had full benefits we had catered lunch almost every single day my bosses were so chill at least with me and this is my experience you could have a great experience in work one workplace where someone else has a miserable experience it just is what it is but that place was awesome. We had catered lunch every day by reps. Um, and on top of that, we got bonuses. It, it was just like I didn't have to do anything. Like they respected my boundaries. They respected that I was there from this time to this time and I was getting my work done. They treated me like a person even though I was significantly younger than everyone else that was working there, which is the case in a lot of my work experience. They didn't treat me like some little kid. They treated me like an equal, which was really important to me. And the best perk of it all was that I had so much paid time off. I went to Europe for three weeks backpacking with my best friend and he and I were living our best life, but I got to get paid the three weeks that I was gone and that made it that much better. And as part-time, ooh, let's give it up for that place. Okay. That is like unheard (laughs) of these days. Honestly. Well, I hope that hearing our stories helped you guys see the good and the bad that you can come across and i hope you're looking out for those red flags and that you don't let the fear of starting over keep you in a place that you know is toxic for you we spend like sometimes and my dad loves to say this that like your work isn't what should make you happy 
maybe not, but maybe it should not be what, it should also not be what makes you miserable. You spend so many of your hours of your life working, the majority of them, honestly, working, and you should be able to also get something out of it, or at the very least, not feel like it's draining you. So I hope that you guys look out for these red flags, look out for these green flags. And, you know, if you can't, you know, send, send us a message. If you need uh, some outside perspective, we will help you out. We're always here for you. Slide into our Instagram or I will evaluate that situation DM. for you so fast. Oh, yes. We will help <laughs> you out. Do not worry. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to follow our socials at Semi Adult Podcast. And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye, Bye guys. Stay safe, stay smart.